Welcome to Alpha and Omega Ministries International. This ministry is committed to bringing apostolic alignment and restoration of the values and principles of the Kingdom of God to the body of Christ. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by the Word of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for time together tonight. I want to thank you, Lord God, that because of Jesus Christ, we are one in the Spirit. Thank you for the work that you have done in unification and restoration, restoring every one of us to the Father's heart. And tonight, Lord, we want to pray that you would minister to us in that place, from that place, from your heart, and that we would be able to catch your heart tonight, Lord. Inspire us, challenge us, and draw us deep into your presence and into the knowledge of who you are. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Michael. Uh, first of all, I wanted to say thank you to all of you for the positive feedback I received concerning the subject that we are currently studying. Uh, many of you have written and have shared with me some of the highlights of what you have received through this study on the subject of prayer. Almost all of you, except two, only two of you, have asked me, uh, the rest, actually all of you except two, have asked me to continue teaching on the subject of prayer. And that was interesting for me to see, that, uh, that most of you wanted me to continue on this theme. Therefore, I have taken into account your request, and we will continue the teaching on the kind of prayers that please God a while longer. And, um, and that's what we're going to do. So today, we are doing part six of praying the kind of prayers that please God. The kind of prayers that please God. And we are on part six today. Our foundational scripture for today's teaching is taken from Philippians chapter 1. And we're going to read two verses, verse 3 and verse 4. Philippians 1 verse 3 and verse 4. That is our foundational scripture for today's teaching. Paul writes to the Philippians and he begins his epistle to them saying, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making request for you all with joy. Notice that Paul says that in every prayer he prays for the believers in Philippi, he does it with thanksgiving and he does it with joy. In my own prayers, I continually ask the Lord for greater understanding and a greater revelation on the subject of prayer so that I may be able to teach it in such a simple way so that God's people can not only grasp it, but make it part of their lives and be attracted to a life of prayer 
And the kind of prayer that it becomes a joyous experience in the walk with God. I personally believe that prayer to the believer should be like breathing to a living soul. It should come natural, it should come spontaneous and organic. It is not a burden, uh, uh, it should not be a burden. Now, <clears throat> to a living soul, it's not a burden to breathe, nor is it a duty we have to perform but rather a natural expression of someone who is alive and well. My focus in our teaching today is to destroy a legalistic way of thinking, which in a way puts believers in bondage, robbing them of the liberty as well as the freedom we have in Christ Jesus. Now, the Apostle Paul, writing to the Galatian believers in chapter 5, verse 1, he said the following, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ Jesus made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. For many of us in the Christian community, Prayer has become more of a religious burden and a duty we perform rather than being a joyous celebration of our intimate union with Christ. How many of you can bear witness to what I'm sharing? Amen. For many of us, and I say many of us in the Christian community, in church, in the church world, prayer has become like a religious burden and a duty we have to perform rather than being a joyous celebration of our intimate union with Christ. It is because of that that I asked the Lord the other day as I was preparing this message today, why do so many of us view prayer this way? Why has it become a burden and a duty we perform as opposed to being an expression of life and privilege? And this is what the Lord answered. This is, this is His answer to my question. Please pay attention as I don't want you to miss this because it's very important. This is what the Lord said to me. He said, for the legalists... Prayer is a religious duty they have to perform because they trust in the religious efforts rather than in the grace of God. He went on to say that they think more they pray, the more highly God will think of them. In other words, they use prayer as a means and a basis for their justification. And I trust you understand what the Lord uh, meant when he said that. And let me give you a little bit of explanation. A legalist is someone who trusts in a religious practice rather than trusting in the grace of God. A legalist is someone who trusts in a religious practice 
rather than trusting in the grace of God. And these are the type of people who rely or trust in their works, in what they do or don't do, in order to earn God's favor or acceptance. They depend on their works for their justification rather than in the grace of God. When this takes place, the Bible says that the grace of God is frustrated within us and in most cases we nullify the grace of God. Paul says that these believers have fallen from grace. In other words, they set the grace of God aside because they're trusting in their own works rather than in the grace of God working in and through them. In Galatians 5 verse 4, Paul says, You have become estranged from Christ, you who attempt to be justified by law. You have fallen from grace. Now, when we nullify the grace of God, and how do we do that? By trusting in our own religious performance or works. When we nullify the grace of God, we are left alone without any assistance from the Lord. And without His grace, prayer becomes a heavy burden and a duty we have to do. Do you understand that? In other words, we cannot pray the way God wants us to pray without the grace of God. We depend on the grace of God to pray through us the kind of prayers that God is pleased with. But if we rely on our own self-effort, then we nullify the grace of God. Let me share this with you. The legalistic mindset places people under bondage of performance. It brings people under the curse of the law. Many times we place ourselves under our own laws and our own rules, which is actually the same thing as being under the law. And let me give you an example. We make promises to God which we cannot fulfill. We say to the Lord, Lord, I'm going to pray two hours a day. Or I'm going to read three chapters a day from your word. And on and on we go. We get excited sometimes. We hear other people how much they pray. So we want to do the same and we make these promises to God. And down the road we fall flat on our faces. Now, these kind of mindset thinks that if I pray long enough, then I'm a good Christian. But if I don't, then I'm, I'm a lousy Christian. If I fast enough, then I am accepted by God. If I'm not fasting, then I'm not really accepted. That's a legalistic way of thinking. And that could not be further from the truth. And in my estimation, I believe we have a major legalistic problem in our churches today. And the only way to free ourselves from this kind of thinking is to receive a revelation of God's grace 
and his unconditional love toward us. For those who receive a revelation of the grace of God, prayer becomes a joyous expression of the intimate union with Christ in the relationship. Receiving God's grace and walking in God's grace Understanding and believing that God loves me unconditionally, whether I pray or whether I don't pray. God's love remains the same towards me. When I receive this revelation, then it removes the pressure from me to perform in order to be accepted. Amen. Do you understand that? God accepts you as you are. God loves you because He is love. You are in Christ Jesus. He has accepted you into the Beloved before you ever did anything. Christ Jesus did it all. It's all of grace. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of ourselves it is the gift of God. Not of works lest any man should boast. When the pressure, now listen carefully, when the pressure to perform is removed from us, we become free to be the kind of people God anointed us and ordained us to be, not just in our prayer life, but in every sphere of life. When you don't have this pressure to perform because you know you already accepted, you are already loved, you are already affirmed and appreciated, there is no pressure on you to perform. That releases the grace of God to work in you and through you, including in your prayer life. Is that understood? Raise your hand. Maybe I can't hear you saying amen, but I want to know that I'm being understood in what I'm sharing with you because this is such an important revelation that I'm sharing with you. Now, the legalists view everything and everyone through performance. They pride themselves in what they do or don't do just like the Pharisee did in the parable Jesus taught. The legalist would do something, would say something like this, well, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't go to the movies, I don't go to the dances. And they take pride in what they do or don't do. Are you listening to me? Yes. Well, it's just like the Pharisee who stood up in Luke's Gospel, chapter 18, verse 11 and 12, the Pharisee, full of pride, stood up and he said, uh, he, he prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. Now this man was seeking right standing with God or the blessing of God based on what he did or what he did not do. That is the legalistic mindset. And it brings us under bondage. And the word of God says it brings us under the curse of the law. Hello? 
The more you try, the harder you fall. It's not what you do, it's what Christ does in you and through you as you rely and trust the grace of God in you. Paul said, no longer I that live, but Christ now lives in me. And the life that I now live in this body, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, the legalistic mindset is bent on doing rather than being. We are not human doers, we are human beings. Amen? Amen? This pressure they place on themselves puts them under a legalistic way of living because they trust, as I said, in their own religious works rather than trusting in the grace of God. The Word of God says that we are saved by grace through faith, not of works which we have done. And let me give you briefly the essence of legalism. Because legalistic mindsets is what chokes the very life out of churches. It puts people into bondage and it sets aside the grace of God. If you study the epistle to the Galatian believers, you will find Paul addressing these Galatians because they have backslidden. They've reverted back to the law instead of trusting and believing in the grace of God. And Paul was very upset with him. Now, this is the essence of legalism. Legalism is trusting in a religious practice rather than trusting in a person. Eventually, you will end up loving the practice more than loving the person who is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Now, this is why the religious leaders hated Jesus because he healed people on the Sabbath day. Do you remember that? To them, the Sabbath was more important than the person who needed healing. Did you see that? Their religious traditions were more important and more valuable and more loving to them than people. Yet over and over, Jesus taught that God loves mercy and not sacrifice. He delights in intimacy with us and in relationship with us and not in our religious performance that have no life or substance in it. Amen. So, listen carefully. When we remove the pressure from ourselves to perform in order to be accepted, because we know that God loves and accepts us on the basis of of the Lord Jesus' sacrifice on the cross and not on the basis of our works or prayer or any other work we do, then God's grace is, is released in our lives 
enabling us to do all things with joy. Amen. And, you know, any time you put confidence in the flesh or in your own deeds or works, no matter how noble they might be, instead of trusting and relying on the grace of God, the Bible says then you put yourself under a curse. The Bible says, cursed is the man who trusts in man. Right? Yeah. Jeremiah. Amen. But blessed is the man whose trust is in the Lord. Amen. Our trust is in the Lord and not in our own selves. Our trust is in what Jesus has done for us on the cross and not in what we do. Right. So when we put our trust and our faith in God's grace, then the anointing of the Lord is released in us and through us, empowering us to do all that is pleasing to the Father. Yet, it is not I, but Christ working in me doing the works. Amen. Remember what Jesus said. He said, the Father in me, he does the works. Jesus never took credit for anything he had done. He never took credit for any healing, any miracle he had done, or even the words that he spoke. He said, it is the Father in me, he does the works. He also said that the Son does not speak of himself, but only what he hears the Father speak. In other words, he was so dependent on the grace of God all day long. And that is our destination. That should be our place. Where we allow the grace of God to work in us and through us doing all things. Remember what Paul said in Philippians 2.13? Listen to what he says. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. So, there's no credit to us here. It is the Lord who works in us. Both the willingness to do the right thing and doing the right thing. Right. So, what is there to boast about? We have nothing to boast of. It is God who works in us. It is God who does within us the willingness as well as the doing. So, let me say this. When the grace of God is released in our lives through faith, prayer, tithing, church attendance, studying the Word of God, sharing our faith with others, all these things we do as believers become a joyous expression of our union with Christ. Amen. Are you with me? Yes. Now, when the grace of God is given room to work in my life, I no longer have to pray. Listen. But I want to pray. 
The grace of God removes the have to, the law. Thou shalt do, thou shalt pray, thou shalt do this. The grace of God removes the law, the, 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 um, how do I say it? Have to do it. It replaces with, I want to do it. I don't have to pray, but I want to pray. Are you with me? I no longer have to assemble together with other believers in church, but I want to assemble together. I don't have to tithe, but I want to, because it is an expression of my love and devotion to Christ. That's what the grace of God does for us. We love to serve God. We love to give. We love to share our faith. I love to pray. I don't have to, but I want to. There's a difference. There's no pressure on me to perform. But there is grace to enable me to do it with joy. The Bible says that we are no longer under the law, but we are under, under what? We are under grace, which enables me to do all things with joy. Let's look at Psalm 40 verses 6, 7 and 8. The book of Psalms 40, 40, verse 6, 7, and 8. 40, 40 yes, 40. I'm reading from the New English NIV, New International Version. This is what it says. Here are the two covenants, the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but my ears you have opened. Burned offerings and sin offerings you did not require. That's the Old Testament with the burned offerings, the sin offerings, and all of those things they did back then. Then I said, here I am, I have come, it is written about me in the scroll, I desire to do your will, my God, for your law is within my heart. Now, what law is he talking about? That he says, your law is within my heart. What law is he talking about? What is that law that enables him to desire and to want to do the will of God, rather than have to? Yes, Romans 8 verse 2 says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. God's grace has given us the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. 
And that law of the spirit of life in Christ has made us free from another law, the law of sin and death. You get it? Amen. Now, let me give you the difference between religion and Christianity. Many people don't know the difference. They think it's one and the same. Religion is man trying to reach God and appease Him through His works. It is trying to justify ourselves through our own efforts. That's religion. That's bondage. That's slavery. Amen. You ask someone, say, are you a Christian? He says, well, I go to church. Uh, that doesn't make you a Christian just because you go to church or just because you pray or just because you fast. Hello? Religion is man trying to reach God with his own efforts and attain the blessing of God through our own works. Christianity, though, is God reaching down to man through Jesus Christ, offering him justification and right standing with God through faith in God's grace. you get it? Yes. Yes. And we need to ask ourselves from time to time, what do we have? What if church services are taken away from us? What, is, what if all the things that we do, the, we, the, the praise and worship, the church gatherings, the tithing, and all of those things... When those things are taken away, what do we have? Do we still have an intimate relationship with Jesus? Because that is the foundation of Christianity. Amen. 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 Do we have a set of rules or do we have a relationship? You know, many, 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 many believers still today, they say, well... I don't do this, and I do this, and I don't do this, and I don't drink, and I don't do that. Well, just because you don't do those things, that doesn't make you a good Christian. Hello? Amen. Amen. You are no, you're not going to be any more accepted with God and holier than what you are today in Christ Jesus. Because God put you in Christ Jesus when you got born again. Only the new birth, only the new birth qualifies you entrance into the kingdom of God. Unless a man be born again, he cannot see nor understand the kingdom of God. Amen. 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 And the new birth is given by faith in God's grace. Amen. Amen. So, this is the reason, one of the main reasons why... We, we see prayer or we find prayer sometimes as a, 
as a, as a heavy burden or a duty we need to do uh, so that we can, we can feel right, so to speak. But when we trust in the grace of God, th- this is the way I, I counsel people who struggle in prayer. I say to them, listen carefully. When you come before the throne of grace to pray, to share your heart with the Father, to have fellowship with Him, before you say anything, just sit quietly or kneel quietly before the Lord and just utter these words, Lord, here I am. I cannot pray unless your grace enables me to do so. And just express your own weakness or inability to pray without His help and without His inspiration. You say to the Lord, Lord, I look to you for help, for inspiration and assistance and guidance in my time with you. Help me, Lord, to make this time a joyous experience as your grace anoints me and assists me to pray the way it pleases you. And after you've prayed this prayer of acknowledging your own weakness and your own inability to address God, wait in silence for a few moments. Just wait. Be quiet. Wait. And believe at that moment Even if everything deep down inside you is cold and you don't even feel like praying, just believe. Believe for inspiration. Believe for the grace of God to stir your spirit up within you. And then simply follow the leading of His Spirit. Now, I believe that as you do this on a regular basis... Your prayer time, as you rely on His grace, you will discover the joy of prayer and you will pray in ways beyond your natural understanding. Because it will not be you praying, but His grace praying through you. And that's what we are after. The grace of God inspiring us. The grace of God enlightening us. The grace of God assisting us to pray the way that it pleases the Heavenly Father. And as you leave your prayer closet, go your way and maintain throughout the day an attitude of prayer. Be in constant communication with the Father throughout the day. And if we learn to do that and practice the presence of the Lord from day to day, our life will never be the same again. Amen? Amen. I trust that, that, that some questions maybe were answered today in your way of thinking. And then you will learn to rely on the grace of God when when it's time to pray and even throughout the day to communicate with the Father. Ask Him questions like you would ask your best friend. 
Slowly you will learn to discern his voice and you will receive answers to those questions. I mean, when I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, why do so many of us see prayer as a, as a heavy burden and a, and, a, and a duty we have to perform rather than, than prayer becoming a joyous um, celebration of our union with you? And immediately the Spirit of God answered my question. He said, because of a stronghold of a legalistic mindset. You know, you can pray 10 hours a day. God is not going to think more of you than what he does now. In other words, your prayers are not going to make you, in other words, more accepted with God. He has already accepted you. He has already declared you are his child, you are his daughter, and he loves you with an everlasting love. And he thinks the world of you. So when that pressure is removed from us to perform in order to be accepted, then the grace of God kicks into gear. And it is the grace of God that enables us, inspires us, empowers us to do what is not able, what, what, what we're not able to do in our own strength. So reliance on the grace of God is very important when it comes to a life of prayer. And as we come to the conclusion of this lesson, I want to stop here for a while as I pray and then, and then open it up for any questions you may have in regard to what we have been discussing and teaching today. Can we do that? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our lesson today. And Lord, we pray that you would give us an understanding and a revelation of how destructive is this legalistic mindset. The mindset that says, I have to earn your favor. I must do something in order to earn your blessing or your favor. I pray that through the revelation of your word and your spirit, these ways of thinking may be destroyed in our way of thinking. And I pray that you would grant each and every one of us, Lord, that we would receive the revelation, the revelation of your grace, the grace of God, the unmerited favor of God, based on the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ that we would walk in that grace daily, that we would walk in the freedom and in the liberty wherewith Christ has set us free. And we will not entangle ourselves again with the yoke of bondage. Father, deliver us from this yoke of bondage, the yoke of performance, that we might be free in the Holy Spirit to be the kind of people that you've anointed us and called us to be by the grace of God. Lord, I'm reminded of the words of the Apostle Paul who said, I am that I am by the grace of God. God's grace has brought me this far. God's grace enables and empowers me. Not I, but the grace of God that is at work within me. Thank you, Lord. We have nothing to boast of. But our boasting is in Christ Jesus the Lord. 
We thank you for our time together today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources and more information about this ministry, come and visit us at www.alphaomegaint.org.za.